Yes. All right, brother, you ready? I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. Hey, friends, I want to welcome you today to a special treat. I'm down here in Portland, Oregon. PDX. PDX with an industry icon, with a guy that I have mad respect for. He's doing, he's doing amazing things in the Portland market in the real estate and mortgage markets. He is a mortgage professional like myself, and I look at AddyNet as the future of our industry. And I'm just so impressed with your approach to helping educate first-time home buyers as they prepare to make the largest financial decision of their life. So thank you for letting me crash your studio today. I always love it when you come down. Thanks for that awesome intro. I think it might be a little overvalued, but uh, I appreciate that a lot. And for me, you know, we're both mortgage originators, advisors. We help yep. people get into homes on the finance side. I've just simply focused on pulling back the curtain yep. and explaining everything I wanted to explain to myself when I was buying my first yep. home. And it's never steered me wrong. And just try to, tr we're almost like translators. Yeah. You see educators, but it's almost translating. Yeah. Because I feel like some industries just make everything so complicated. So we all feel justified for the jobs that we have. But let's undo the knots. We yeah. just explain it. To the I've never heard it really explained that way, though, right? before that we're translators. Because nowadays, in today's day and age of data and technology and the internet, you can find anything and everything there. But can you understand it? Can you interpret it properly? So, I, hey, for the next 15 minutes, we are tr mortgage translators. How's that? <laughs> yeah, you got to put it in a language that people want to hear. And, of course, depending yep. on the age or the generation, yep. where you're at in the country, yep. that can play a different. You got to be able to explain it to a point that they can relate to it. Well, and today in 2022, so we are in January of 2022, talk about confusing times we've got we're coming out of fingers crossed mm -hmm. prayerfully hopefully yeah. prayerfully uh coming out of a pandemic and the economy is going to have to which has already started to make a switch back to paying back some of that debt that we borrowed against that taxpayers like you and i and all of our friends and family members and clients helped contribute to which was the subsidies that helped keep the economy rolling during the COVID pandemic. And so what we're going to start seeing is a lot of inflation, news around inflation. We're going to start seeing, if you haven't already started seeing increased interest rates, yep. um, the cost for supplies, whether it be you purchasing your first home and it happens to be new construction, you're going to think that the sticker price on that might be a little higher than normal. And so mm -hmm. really what I wanted to do today, this information is for a series that I have. I teach a home buyer class. I've been teaching home buyer classes since 2010. So about yeah, 12 buddy. years now. Yeah. And, and most people don't realize before I got in the mortgage industry, I was a college coach, baseball coach and professor. So I've got teacher professor DNA in me. And like you, I brought it to the mortgage industry. And so a big passion uh, of mine is teaching homebuyer education. So I have a series called the wealthy homeowner and these are homebuyer classes I teach. So I don't just teach you how to become a homeowner. In fact, I've told you this before on your podcast yeah. that most homeowners in 2022 are broke. They're cash poor and they're equity rich. All right. So what I want to do is I want to kind of like switch your perspective on becoming a homeowner and ask questions like, why do you want to become a homeowner? Here's what is your end goal? What is your short-term and your long-term financial goals? And then let's tailor your mortgage or the purchase decision 
to meet your financial goals versus just buying a home because we just got married and we got a dog now and it's the next thing to do before we have a kid. Right. right. Or my friends just did and they got a great rate and a great price and home values are going up. So we just need to buy right now. Yeah. I want you to put more thought into that. And I love the approach that you take with your podcast. How many episodes have you done, by the way? It's 90 something now. We're getting close to 100. Yeah. Four seasons, almost 100. Yeah, episodes. I knew this was like fourth or fifth season. So yeah. this is incredible the content that you bring on a weekly basis to your clients and your real estate professionals that you work with but what i wanted to do today is bring a treat to my clients i'm going to turn the tables on you and have you as a guest in your yes. own studio but let's just have a conversation around buying a home in 2022 like where are you starting how much emphasis are you putting on budgeting and preparing for game day versus just showing up to game day hey i'm ready to buy a house right right I would say first, and you know, it's January top of the year. So I'm, I'm always going to speak from personal experience mm -hmm. and what I'm focusing on. So everyone, January is my like, get the game plan going, get the financial oil change. Yep. So I go through all my accounts, do a refresh. <laughs> what subscriptions do I need to get rid of? Mm -hmm. Like, where am I just letting money go? Yeah. What are my savings goals for this year? And set some realistic numbers and don't don't get lazy about it yeah a lot of people in our industry is like i want to double my business great how are you going to do it anyone can say that yep. i want to be twice as good this year yeah and they want to go back to recess <laughs> yeah. dude no let's put a how did you get to that number so i think january is a great time to just get comfortable with the money taxes are coming up mm -hmm. so i like to be ahead of schedule mm -hmm. on that get everything organized right but in 2022 first and foremost you're probably coming off for the majority of a great last couple of years, income wise, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've been stimulated. Maybe mm -hmm. you've got some extra savings. You've done really well on accounts mm -hmm. in regards to the, the stock market, maybe cryptocurrency, mm -hmm. maybe you've, you flipped an NFT. You're sitting pretty <laughs> heavy. Things are might be looking good for you, right? Yeah. For the most part, a lot of people are doing good. Yeah. The media controls a lot of the way we think mm -hmm. and then Gossip is another thing. Oh, interest rates are going yeah. way out of control. And someone who hasn't been educated about the fact that interest rates today are exactly where they were when the pandemic first started. Yep. We just kind of leapfrogged yeah. a little bit. It's the same. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Yep. But guess what? That media, someone who's worked their butt off all day, came home and just saw a notification on Apple News. Yeah. Interest rates out of control. Worst time to buy a home. Yeah. They might yep. just put the phone down yep. and be like, meh. I'm going to put on my Oculus goggles and play in the metaverse. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So don't subscribe to media. Yeah. Don't subscribe to the notifications on your phone, justifying how you're going to live your life financially. Mm. Like there's way too much. Even me, like I love buying and selling stocks, crypto, all that stuff. Yeah. And I can tell you there's certain news media outlets that are corrupt. Yep. That they're trying to sway your money yeah. just like a business. Yeah. They're buy, not out. Or buy, buy their views. Right? Buy their buy views, views or yeah. clickbait yeah. or all yep. that. So backing up, we're going to start. We're going to do that mm -hmm. financial oil change is the first Love thing. Love it. Like, okay. Man, go through all this stuff. Where are you bleeding? That's easy money. A penny saved is a penny earned, mm -hmm. right? Next, analyze your rent. If you are renting right now, look at it. Look at how expensive it is now. And look at how ex expensive that same unit you're renting was five years ago. Now, if it was $1,500 5 years ago and mm -hmm. now it's $2,000, you are trending toward... 2,500 in five years. Mm -hmm. 
you are literally not going to win the rental game. Yeah. And that's where my wife and I got stuck because, you know, we bought quite a bit ago. And I was telling you this on another app. Our apartment went from six to seven to nine to a thousand mm-hmm. per month. Mm-hmm. And we're like, can't do it anymore. My wife was even like, we got to buy. Let's go and get into yeah. home. Yeah. And we made that jump. Yep. But I think the rental thing is, guys, the rent, it's not getting any better, especially if you're on the West Coast right yeah. now. Seattle, Portland, Bay Area, yeah. Southern California. Like, that rental market's only going to continue to yeah. go up. Yeah. You got to think about where's rent going to be in five to ten years, not... Yep. Oh, I can rent for this, which is almost the same and not worth it yeah. in the long run. Right? Well, also too, and I love that you hit on that point. One, I absolutely love the financial oil change, right. the eval. I mean, that's that's a really uh, easy way of looking at or saying the word. Get your budget together, right? That oh. I'm old school, so I'm budget X's and O's. Financial oil change, I absolutely yeah. love that, Addy. But as far as analyzing. Your housing goals, what's really important, man, is although you are going to look at, hey, in five years or three years, my rent would be this, mm-hmm. but what at what expense? How much wealth would you have left on the table? So let's say you bought a $600,000 home, and that $600,000 home went up 30% in the next three years, 10% a year, which it will, yep. you know. So if it went up a hundred and fifty to $200,000 in the next three to five years, you left a lot of money on the table by renting and money you couldn't save by just working hard and being right. frugal. Yeah. You can't, you what well, we said this on the last episode, you can't save that hard. You can't save that fast, right. Or earn that fast an extra $200,000 in three years or four years. So I love that. Okay. Third tip. What else do you have? And I do want to book in the renting thing. I'm seeing a lot right now, at least in our market, mm-hmm. it's, almost just as expensive to get into a lease Mm -hmm. as it is buying yeah and why yeah the last two years we have a lot of landlords that unfortunately had a lot of squatters or people that couldn't pay and everyone's protected and blah 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 blah. now landlords are quadrupling their deposits so if you're 18 years old right now it's not like me when I first got my first apartment Mm -hmm. I think they wanted one month Mm -hmm. that's it you got one month you can security deposit you're good now it's it's a pet deposit times 10 to per pet move in move out fees early termination every single utility deposit three months rent deposit if you have no credit yeah yeah so we're talking seven to ten thousand dollars for some of these decent apartments yeah that's a huge step we're only a couple talks to grandma and grandpa on a gift Right? To a down yeah, payment for, down for payment. a starter home. Yeah. So remember that that's a huge waste of money because mm-hmm. the landlord gets it, you can invest it, and you can't outsave the appreciation and you're only, you're freaking only helping that person. So that's my other tip. Okay. Um, the one thing I do want to share though is think about retirement mm-hmm. because I've stopped calling it retirement and I call it career freedom. Mm. That's a big one for me. Pause and let that soak in. Career freedom. Career freedom. Yeah. Now, I am fortunate to be in an industry right now that I find a lot of joy and passion out of. Mm-hmm. And I know that's not realistic mm-hmm. for everyone. And we have to have a reality check with ourselves that we can't do whatever we want. That's just not on the card. I yeah. couldn't be an astronaut. Yep. Not in the cards for me. Yep. Couldn't be a professional athlete. It was great high school. 
contributor, we'll call it. That's all I could go. Writing's on the yeah. wall. At a certain point, we need to figure out, hey, I might need to work X amount of years really hard and apply yeah. my skills and personality to a, a money-making industry and profession because mm -hmm. there's a lot of them out there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of them out there right now. And work toward having career freedom. Mm -hmm. So for me, my goal is at the age of 50, I don't want to be tied to having to work. I would love to be a financial educator and donate my time and make enough to not change my lifestyle. But yeah. it takes a lot. It takes a strategy of yeah. home ownership. And also, as you like to say, get, give your money a job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that you say career freedom because you also told me a story uh, a couple of hours ago mm -hmm. about you and your wife and you were thinking about moving up. You know, hey, rates yeah. are low. So I, I, why don't you gift us with that story and, and the thought process that you guys, you're young, yeah. you had your first house, you lived in it, you kind of outgrowing it, it being a condo. Mm -hmm. um, run us through your thought process as a professional, yeah. but how you applied it to your, your life. So our whole entire strategy was we bought the first one and mm -hmm. we're going to live in it for two, three years, then rent it out. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, save up mm -hmm. and work. And we didn't save up. We Hey, I'm deeming a new term, earn up. Earn up, baby. Yeah. Not save up because yeah. we didn't save. Yeah. We earned. Yeah. Yep. Like we made changes in our career to have an opportunity to make more money and then saved that money. Mm. So we earned up, saved up, okay. bought another home. Okay. Where we rented out the condo. Okay. It was great. So almost three years we okay. had tenants cash flowing. Okay. We were making four or five hundred dollars a month off of that, okay. putting it back into the mortgage savings account. So three years someone else was paying for our appreciation. Mm -hmm. Someone else, guys. Mm -hmm. It's massive. Decided to make the decision to sell it based on building complexities okay. and long-term competition in the market. Mm -hmm. It's got old condo, 1970, a lot of new condos coming around. Yep. Ain't going to hold up, right? So we sell. Made over $200,000 on that sale. Okay. So we have a new primary. We mm -hmm. want to put that into a new one, rent out our current. Mm -hmm. Looking at it, it's like, okay, well, let's go look at a new primary. This is last summer. The one we're in now is about 537. It's probably worth uh, 650, 680, okay. depending. Okay. It's got a lot of shiny on it. My wife's a great decorator. Okay. It would depend. So if we rented that out, we know we'd cash flow on that just fine. We're sitting on this equity. We go, okay, well, let's maybe up, upgrade to like seven, 750 budget. Mm -hmm. Wasn't cutting it for us. Mm -hmm. 850, mm -hmm. 950, million. Yeah. You'd think certainly. Certainly, this is poor market. Certainly, I could find something yeah. for a million that yeah. I like. Uh, -uh. Yeah. no, everything out there was like, well, we'd have to put another 200,000 into it. Yep. That's what we would put as the down payment from the sale. Yeah, makes no sense. Well, what if we keep going up and just get what we like? Long story short, we got all the way up to one six. Uh -huh. $1.6 million, which I don't know what that is yeah. in the Seattle market, two something, two, two. Yeah, I mean, it's a decent house in the suburbs. Decent it's a nice house. house in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. And we sat back and we were looking at the mortgage payment. Yeah. 55, almost six six grand a month yeah. for these things. And it's like, you know what? Our entire goal at the beginning was yeah. to have career freedom. Career freedom. Not to live in a mega yep. mansion. Yep. I don't have any kids. Yep. You know, we don't have our parents living with us. Yep. Those would be justifiable, big 
sure. square footage. Yeah. It's two people and a seven pound dog. Yeah. Though my dog does take up a lot of room on our sectional. Yeah. He don't need an extra <laughs> 1500 square feet, dude. Yeah. He does not yeah. need that much yeah. room. So we scaled it back and yeah. now we're pivoting to doing a secondary home mm -hmm. in a different market to diversify. Yep and turn it into a short-term rental yeah. when we're not there. Yeah. So we can gain appreciation, recapitalize on income flowing and have diversity. Yeah, this is why I wanted to have you on your show. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I wanted to have me on your show interviewing you because you know, a lot of my clients up in the Seattle market, my first time home buyer clients need to hear this story, the thought process and how you went through, where do I need to be to find that home yeah. that we really like? Okay, in your particular case, it needed to be up in the one six price range. Yeah. And then when you looked at the monthly payment, the down payment required, you're like, yeah, we can swing it. Yeah, we qualify. Yeah, we have the money. But going back to your goals, you had set short term and long term financial goals that didn't tie into your career freedom goal. And I love that you stuck to your guns on that. But my message to my clients listening to this is it's so important that you sit down up front and you budget and you know exactly what's coming in, what's going out every single month. And then part of that budget is figuring out how much money you're going to need to retire one day. Yeah. Because people aren't teaching that in high school or college and banks aren't going to tell you this when you go to apply for your first home loan. Hey, does this mortgage, does this real estate decision tie into a financial plan? And most of the time it doesn't because they just want to sell you a mortgage or sell you a home. And so where I'm at with the wealthy homeowner series is let's hit pause on home buying 101. You can right. find how to buy a home and how to get pre-approved on my website, on your website, on the internet. What we're doing with this podcast right now and this information is really teaching you or giving you a different perspective on home ownership and having you take a step back and think through this process. So, you know, I heard you say earlier, um, financial oil change. Yep. Is that what you said? Yeah, um, yeah. Make sure you take the time right now to do kind of a financial overhaul An oil change, as you would say, I would just say, get your budget set up and dialed in. You can do that at budgetwithdan.com. Yep. I give you my forms there for free. I have all my clients go there. So I want to encourage you to do that. The other thing I want to encourage you to do, like you said, is analyze the rent versus ownership uh, decision. Yeah. Give it a one-year overview, a two-year, a three-year. I can give you a rent versus own analysis that will show you that, the pros and the cons of renting versus owning. You may be paying a $900 a month rent right now, mm -hmm. which is amazing in the Seattle market. Yeah. And it may not be worth buying right now. Continue renting and putting money into crypto or putting money into the stock market right. um, and buy a year from now. We'll put together a report that'll help give you clarity around that. The last thing that I want, I want to share with you is something that I think is really important. And I kind of start with this with all my clients. If someone would have got me thinking at 21, 22, 23 years mm -hmm. of age about retirement one day, and if someone would have literally been serious with me, Addy, and said, Dan, you're not going to have a pension. Because I grew up with my dad working his butt off for Safeway right. yeah, to yeah. The, till, till he turned 61. And then he got to retire with a three or $4,000 a month pension. Right. And then on top of that, he got Social Security. And that was enough to spend the rest of his life comfortably. Yep. Nobody told me when I was in my 20s getting out of college that I wasn't going to have a pension. That 
if I got lucky one day and I worked for a company, they would contribute to a 401k. And if you paid into that and you worked your butt off for 40 years, you'd have a couple million in that. But fast forward that 40 years, a couple million is not going to be enough in 2040, right, to retire. Yeah. So no one was teaching me this. And so what I want to teach my clients, two things up front. Make sure you're crystal clear on beginning with the end in mind. Beginning with the end in mind. Stephen R. Covey talks about that in Reverse his book. Reverse engineer it. So two things that I, I like I would like to close with today. Number one, retirement is not an age, it's a number. Mm-hmm. I wish someone would have taught me that earlier. Mm-hmm. Retirement is not an age, it's a number. The other thing is how do you retire retire early? How do you know? what that number even means. And I'm gonna share with you a simple formula. Grab a pen, hit pause on YouTube, whatever you wanna do, but it's really, really, really simple. Go back to your budgeting form. Tally up all of your expenses every single month. What does it cost you to live every single month? Let's say it costs you $3,000 a month to live right now. You live the simple life, okay? It costs you $3,000 a month to live. I want you to multiply that number by 12. That's $36,000. Okay. Now I want you to divide that by 4%, like a 4% return that you'd get on your money one day. Mm-hmm. If you divide 36,000 by 4%, you get $900,000, just shy of a mil. Okay. So if it only costs you $3,000 a month to live your lifestyle right now, you need 900, approximately a million dollars invested in the stock market, giving a 4% return in order to live that lifestyle. Now, most of us need a little bit more than that. Yeah. So there's your formula. Yeah. Just tweak it a, a few ways and you'll be able to find out what your number is. And it's so important yeah. that at your age, the earlier the better, you understand what your number is. You now have that as a part of your goal process, your yep. financial goal, so that when you do your financial oil change, you're able to arrive at the end of that with you by yourself or with you and a partner or your wife or your spouse that, hey, our goal, our goal is to have career freedom by the age of 50. So you're crystal clear on that. That's what I admire so much about you. So I think the biggest takeaway for today's uh, message, today's podcast with yeah, you, man, is you're, you wanted career freedom. And I want to encourage you to evaluate your life, evaluate your finances, get them in order, because we're not just here to sell you a mortgage, yeah. to get you into real estate. I'm here mm. to help make you a wealthy homeowner. And part of that, a big part of that is awareness. So thank you so much for allowing me to crash your studio today. This was awesome. You have any closing remarks or comments? Yeah, my last thought would be too, because there's a lot of people out there living at home and making good money or they're roommating it, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. I did that too. If you have roommates or you have that low of overhead, let's take all of that money and put it into an investment. What You should be the landlord to your roommates. Yes. And guess what? Really, you only need to be there for 12 months as your primary residence and legally you can turn it into an investment property. A one-year commitment. If you've got great income, you got the credit, but you you feel safe where you're at, that's not gonna last. It's short-term thinking, so let's strategize, let's make the jump and make things happen for you. But thanks so much it. for having me. No, thank you. So if you want to come to our next home buyer class, our next wealthy homeowner home buyer class, go to wealthyhomeowner.com. You can find 